This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome, gentle listeners, and welcome to Go My Favorite Sports Team. Your man of sports knowledge is here, Tyler, and so is the wonderful Mark. Hello. I'm here as well. Well, you were telling me about your new little, like, Yeah, I am exhausted, everyone listening to this at home. I bought on a whim because I literally saw this video the night before of someone riding a unicycle, but not just any unicycle, an electric unicycle. It just popped up in my recommendeds, and I was just like, okay, I guess this is what I'm watching. And uh, this thing can go 45 miles an hour. Not the one I got, because I was not going to get that one because (laughs) I was way too much power, but I bought, quote unquote, not entry level. Like no, it's, it's it's your entry level. Yeah, my entry level because I'm so skilled at this stuff. I bought a uh, I'm not, I don't want to say the name until they sponsor us, until they pay me uh, money. I don't even say names. You can just say how fast it goes. This one only goes like 31 miles an hour only. Quote unquote, <laughs> only. only. It's like got a 2200 watt motor. It can have 75 miles of range. It's got tons of batteries packed into a unicycle. And I've never ridden a unicycle in my life, let alone an electric one. So I spent about an hour trying to just stand and move on it. And then my goal at the end of it was just to like ride it in one circle, one continuous looping circle, even if it fell right as I got to the end of the circle. It's really difficult because you tense every muscle in your body trying to find that balance and you got to like, I my heart rate was like up at 165 the entire time that I was trying this for the last, especially the last like 30 minutes of it, I was just continuing like, I got to get this, I got to get this, you know, I get in these moments. And so I did that. I literally, when I got off in and I did it, I was just like, (gasps) (laughs) (gasps) I was so out of breath. I had no idea. And I wasn't going anywhere. That's the craziest thing. It's just I was tensing all the muscles in my body and trying to make quick micro adjustments. But I got an electric unicycle and I rode it a little bit. I do not plan to make it my daily driver or commute on it or anything. It's just for fun. It is only for that purpose. And I will not take that on normal city streets. It's almost like after a certain point in time, you find a new challenge challenge yeah whatever it is like at one point it was like learning guitar Mm -hmm. and being able to do that and i feel like every time you get an interest into something Uh 
right now it's recently become like motorized things specifically electric yes. motorized electric things. motorized things. and yeah because i got an e-bike a while ago super 73 please sponsor the podcast we would give you all the love in the world because i love my e-bike it's a super 73 rx uh they are apparently talking about making me a custom one Ooh. so then maybe you tyler can also get a sweet sweet ride well i'm excited because i have ridden one mm. um when i hung out with you on the 4th of July, we yeah. rode up and watched some fireworks, yeah. and it was quite a joy. Until yours ran out of battery. Yeah, that that <laughs> was that's we, not their fault. We that forgot was... to charge that one. That was already dead by the time you got on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> if anyone knows me, I either like to be in the front of a pack or the back of the pack, so uh. I was in the back of the pack, <laughs> and everybody's up this hill, and they're like, where's Tyler? And I'm pedaling up this <laughs> giant hill. And you, you kept up. I was shocked, because I, I could only take that thing up maybe like five Five miles an hour up that thing. I, think I had motivation. I was lost and there were cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love this thing. Just the other day uh, from recording this, I actually rode that 16 miles to Corridor, which I'm doing an internship with them. And then I rode it 10 miles and then I rode it 16 miles back home, about 15. I forgot to charge it at the second stop. So it died just before I got up the mountain. And it was just like right at the bottom of it. I was just like, oh my God. So I, Amy had to come rescue me. But I love that thing. I've put about 300 miles on it so far, and I've had it for maybe like two and a half weeks. Well, the reason I bring it up mm -hmm. is because today's episode, yeah, after we deal with the important sports news yeah. and the, what what do we call it? The part where your soul gets merged oh, with right, the right. spirits of the ether. Uh, the, the possession. <laughs> the, the possession. <laughs> the possession. <laughs> Of your guys' comments that are directed towards me. Mm -hmm. um, but we are going to be talking about motorsports today. Okay, but first up, we've got the... Tyler. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay, all right. Aiden Draws RE says, As much of a non-sport person as I am, I think the podcast is excellent for introducing someone like me to sports. This is going great. Tyler's explanations and footnotes provide a lot of insight into games and sports culture. Additionally, some of Mark's antidotes, anecdotes, not antidotes, ground the audience. That said... I think Mark can get a little grading some most of the time. And my point is, can the showmanship be toned down a little? I think of Go My Favorite Sports Team as a dialogue, not a competition. And although I understand the thought process of playing the idiot, <laughs> does he have to play that role so frequently? <laughs> and I say to that, how dare you? <laughs> I've never been so mad at a ghost possessing my body. You think I'm playing the idiot? I make jokes, sure. I make silly comments all the time. That's not me playing the idiot. It takes a lot of brain power to make jokes, everybody. It takes a lot of brain power to come up with wacky scenarios or different questions that are important because they're pertinent to the audience, who is not a smart person, understanding it. My intelligence outweighs you. I am a towering mountain of mindful magnificence and you are all but shadows in the valley of destitutity and ignorance and i will not be slandered this is a tyler roasting <laughs> segment of the podcast and i will take no further criticisms I also would like to add to this in mm -hmm. the fact that all of those instances where you think Mark's hamming it up uh -huh. actually helps to 
force me to think about things in a different way. I thought you were going to say all those moments when Mark's, you think Mark's hamming up, he's really that stupid. No. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I could have said that, but no. No, it, it forces me to think about things that I don't normally think about with the sports I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like It's almost like when um, I went on a live stream with you and we talked about Five Nights at Freddy's and I'd never played Five Nights at Freddy's. Right. It's one of those things where a person thinks about it in a different manner so that it forces you as an individual to be able to explain it mm-hmm. in a different way so that it's understood by people that don't know the necessary like jargon or dialect that go along with the sport that I'm referring to. Yes, yeah. So in all honesty, like I don't, I'm not bothered by this at all. No. I, I like to talk. This is how we normally talk anyway, just yeah. in terms of joking and being ridiculous. Like none of this is, is all that different from our normal dialogue. But at the same time, there are many moments when I really don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I have to do it. But I am trying to phrase my questions in a way so that it gives Tyler the right opportunity to answer in a way that will be digestible and understandable. So it's not that I'm dumbing it down for everyone. I'm trying to understand. And I make very pointed questions that may seem obvious to you. And it doesn't mean I'm dumb. I make jokes. But it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And also, we're entertainers. It's supposed to be fun to listen. Yeah. Stupid. You're the dumb one. (laughs) All right. Professor Gigi says, Tyler says no but way more than he says nuance, which is interesting. No but? You say no, comma, but, which is interesting, because all of those improv classes we've taken for years. Yeah, but I have to correct you when you say something that's not accurate. Well, do you or oh, you not yes right, and me? I'll, I'll yes and your, your thing. <laughs> yes, of- and you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to take Bob's. I'm going to yes but you. <laughs> yeah, you, you just did. You went yes but. Uh, I heard it. I heard it. All right. So this is an actual question, sports-related. I don't have the person who asked it, but a question from a Welshman, if that makes any difference, a Welshman. Should athletes be made to finish college before going pro? Okay, so this is an interesting topic because this is a thing that I have an issue with with regards to collegiate athletes being amateurs, right? In the United States, it is a point that at 18, you are an adult. You can sign contracts. You can do everything any normal adult can do with your name, likeness, image, all of that stuff. Cool. So I personally believe that the NCAA is in cahoots with professional sports organizations forcing athletes to have to go to college and compete for their own monetary gain. The NCAA wants that money. Really? So that athletes have to be so much removed from high school before they go pro. They hide it in a guise. There's actually a whole episode I can do on this, but I'm going to give a brief overview. They Mm -hmm. hide it in a guise that's kind of like, we want them to be more educated, more knowledgeable. Uh But in reality, what they're just doing is forcing people to have to attend college in order to eventually make it pro. And I don't think that's fair because at 18, I could sign a contract. I could get a job. I could join the military. Any of those things you could do at 18. But why can't I go pro? Okay. But what about from this angle? So when you're 18, yes, you have all the rules. Rights and and whatnot, but technically speaking, you're not done growing at that Correct. point. Physically, a lot of people get pretty close to fully mature at 18. Mentally, though, the brain doesn't stop growing until about 24 ish. I think that's uh, about the age. Yeah. It continues with the neuroplasticity of early young adulthood until that point, in which case it's a slow decline to the grave. <laughs> but up until that point, do you think that there's a benefit to going through college to doing more training and conditioning and practice before going to the pro? levels where you typically do have these uh, adults that are in the prime of their physical condition and could
could be like much more intensive and maybe hurt the 18 year olds coming in. I think that we could do an entire episode on this. And so to answer your question, mm-hmm. yes, but I still think it's a guise for money making as to why the NCAA forces it as opposed to trying to control and protect people. Okay, because that is fascinating because that does sound, I would totally believe that there is some kind of like, not so much a conspiracy, but just like it, people do go for maximum profit no matter what. And what would be the point of college if these athletes were like straight out of high school being like, you are good enough to be in the pros. Why not go straight to the pros? Wasn't uh, LeBron James, he was- Kobe he, Bryant as well. Kobe yep. Bryant also just- just like straight out of high school, right? Yep. And uh, in all honesty, for most athletes, that's not uh, it's not a highly yeah, it's not highly likely that it could happen, but mm-hmm. it should be an option. Yeah, most people do get better from eighteen to say twenty five in whatever skill they choose, right? Right. But baseball, you're allowed to get drafted out of high school. Okay. It's right. literally they're mostly focusing on like the NBA and NFL. But football, you're not allowed. Correct. You cannot be signed out of high school. NBA, you can no longer be signed out of high school. Uh, so those are the two highest money making sports for the NCAA. So. Uh, there's too much that points to it's money. But yeah, we'll do a full episode on that. That's a really good topic. Oh yeah, the whole, the episode will be like the dirty money of sports. All right. So, hey Tyler and Mark, got a question says direct underscore sarcasm. What would be your perfect workout for your perfect athlete? The perfect workout for my perfect athlete. I'm not assuming this is talking about our Frankenstein creation that we yeah. made, my sh- basking shark mouth, turbo jet, you know, athlete. Just like if you were to be the best athlete in the world, most physically unbelievable, what would be that workout? Okay. So first things first, yeah. they live at high altitude. Okay. The like maximum altitude you can live at safely. Okay. And the then space they, station. And they train at absolute sea level or below sea level i'm talking about the altitude like training oh complex. their house is at the top of mount, mount everest but they go down the mountain to train yeah but not at saying. the top of mount everest because that's detrimental there's like an altitude where it's the peak amount of positive benefit for your body to adjust to hypoxic environment mount kilimanjaro don't know the altitude Mount of it. St. Helens. Wherever you can go to the top of and you don't need an oxygen tank and you're not like your body isn't dying. Okay. Because there are a few things that happen when you're at altitude and why like living at altitude and training at sea level is highly effective. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with your body getting used to a hypoxic environment, so it uses oxygen more efficiently. You also burn more energy when you're at higher altitude. Your appetite tends to be lower, so you have to kind of force yourself to eat. This is all stuff that I learned in anatomy and physiology and exercise physiology and everything in that front. Okay. That's the first thing. The second thing is the majority of the training that they would do, there's going to be heavy lifting, explosive training. Explosive training. So you're talking like Olympic lifts, like things where you are doing a clean Uh or a a snatch, which is where you bring the bar from the clean position to over your head and Uh then go up. Yeah. They're going to be jumping rope. They're going to be doing things, uh, a lot of plyometric type stuff, a lot of high intensity training stuff. Because my athlete, my perfect athlete is not an endurance athlete. Endurance athlete and sprint athletes are very distinctly different. Mm -hmm. Mine would be a very explosive athlete because there's a lot more sports that require explosive movement as opposed to endurance movement. And there's a lot that do require endurance as well. Uh But for me, when I picture the perfect athlete, they're explosive. Okay. Like they're off the line quick, they're running fast. And then the part that gives them the endurance is the living environment and the benefits of living at altitude. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I I can't say why that wouldn't work. Yeah. (laughs) 
what if what if they're on the top of mount everest and they have to bike back up that's another workout it's even better they get another at the bottom you know then they go swimming or something i don't know and then but they have to bike all the way back up yeah they they also swim yeah because swimming after you exercise helps your muscle recovery because it's almost it's an active rest uh, if you do it smoothly, you're not pushing yourself really hard. Uh, and it has the cooling nature of a pool because if you ever swim competitively, the pools are kind of colder. Uh, so it's like not quite an ice bath, but it has the same elements and it helps pull toxins and remove toxins out of the muscles. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm still not going to do ice baths. That's fine. I don't want to. I don't like them, man. Dude, <laughs> like in two days when you are finished getting out of pads in 109 degree heat, uh, ice baths, they suck. But they are heaven afterwards because they have saved me so many times for the next practice of having my legs under me. What's a two a day? Two practices a day. How long is a practice? Usually about an hour and a half. So we have a practice in the morning. We uh, usually have, then afterwards we'd take an ice bath. Then we'd be in meeting rooms going over film and plays. Then we'd probably have lunch. Then after lunch, we'd probably have some sort of minor lifting and stretching. And then we'd go back out on the field and run plays and basically do the exact same thing again. <sighs> I did it in water polo all the time. We had morning practice during school. We'd I'd get to the school, Mark, at like 5 a.m. Uh, and we'd swim and lift eat breakfast, go to class. This is why I fell asleep in uh, some classes. And then afterwards, we would practice again. That's a lot. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Okay, that's fine. But right. the perfect athlete will probably do two-a-days. What about three-a-days? Kobe, Kobe Bryant did two-a-days. Actually, here's a funny thing. Not to extend this too long, but I did two-a-days for a while. Uh, when I was training with Alex, what I would do is in the morning, we had our 7 a.m. session, and I would train mm -hmm. for an hour. And it was pretty intense. A lot of what you're talking about, like plyometric stuff like and lifting. Then in the afternoons, because for some reason, I was super obsessed with like getting in incredible shape. And for a while there, I was in really, really good shape i had uh, this is not a good metric but i was doing like a 30 minute 5k i was maxing out my dumbbell set that i had i was doing incline with 32 and a half kilograms i and like i when i started i was not anywhere near and then in the afternoons i went to this crossfit gym mm -hmm. and i was doing crossfit there too i was not like great at what i was doing but i was able to keep up the entire session crossfit's kind of funky and weird i'm not shitting on or anything i love watching crossfit competitions but it, it, it was weird because when i got there they were like all all right, you're gonna clean and jerk, and I'm like, oh, I'm a what? I don't know how to do. It. And here you to the bar. <laughs> it's like clean, yeah, jerk. I know. I've seen people do it, but doesn't mean I know the muscles to do it. Thankfully, the coach or the coach, the gym owner, gave me some pointers. But it's a lot of people there, and he's like, yeah, just uh, have fun. And I'm like, this, I could die. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I could die. <laughs> that's pretty much how I felt the entire time there. And they were like, yeah, you're going to do a muscle up now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I've never oh, done yeah. never done one of those before. I didn't do one that day. Um, but yeah, I did two days for a while there. That was really intense. I only did it for like two weeks. So Yeah, that's usually um, how long like camp was for football. Yeah, but I was measuring. I was burning like 4,000 calories a day. Yep. There's a reason I ate an insane amount of food when I was playing water polo. Yeah. But anyway. Enough of this burning calories nonsense. Enough of this, like, using your muscles crap. This is the sports news. Bow, 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 bow. What's new in the world today, Tyler? Well, there's a big thing happening with college football. Um, a lot of the major conferences in college sports are realigning and becoming super conferences. Um, it's looking like there's going to be four major conferences instead of, I think, there's like eight now. The Big Ten is acquiring uh, UCLA and USC. So 
Okay, back up a second. Okay, <laughs> here, go, ahead, okay. go ahead. So when you say super conference, what is a normal conference? A normal conference was like 10 schools Okay, that would compete in all of their athletic events. So okay. the Big Ten, for example, is like Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan State, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Originally, it was called the Big Ten because there were ten schools, okay. and that's a that's a conference for sports and collegiate athletes. Oh, okay. So what I thought well, the Big Ten was that was the selected teams after they've played through. No, that's a that's a conference that plays against each other to determine a conference champion who then oh. moves on potentially into like the college football playoffs. Okay. So is this like what you said with football about how there's like the East and West thing, right? Or, you know, like uh, the NFL football teams. Oh, you're talking the, about like AFC versus NFC. Yeah, yeah. And each thing. one has their own conference. Like, Is that uh, a conference? Yeah, AFC North is a conference. Okay, so AFC cool. North is the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the okay. Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns. So what's the benefit of a super conference? The benefit of a super conference is that it helps in determining who is actually the most prestigious and best performing school. Uh-huh. And ultimately, it comes down to money. It's so that the schools can hype up. Because SEC, the Southeastern Conference, uh -huh. has an agreement with ESPN for media rights okay. to broadcast their games. All right. And so they're considered the best of the best. And they argue they're the best football program in the world, in the nation. The conference. In college, yeah. Who owns the conference? It's usually like a board of directors and trustees and nobody like, I can't think of anybody who owns the conference. It's like a conference underneath the NCAA, much so if, like the AFC North is a conference under the NFL. So going back to feudal times as a comparison, this is like the vassals organizing under the king, you know, each like state sovereign territory within the country united each is divided up into vassalhoods and sometimes other countries can be yes but they're all subservient to the king the kingdom yeah is, is the, the conference. conference okay yeah got it. yeah all right cool cool that i had to like think <laughs> that broke my brain because i think so sports like that this is so common knowledge but yeah, i was no, like honestly, oh my gosh i have uh this is all news to me but so anyway. it's basically they organize to compete against each other every year so like right. michigan and ohio state play every year or okay. so think about it like the round robin tournaments uh -huh. like you play everybody uh -huh. And then the best record against everybody moves on into the bracket tournament. And this is significant because this... Because there's massive realignment. Realignment. What does that mean? That means schools are leaving the conference they're currently in and joining another one. Is it not dictated by distance, like in a certain area? It used to be. It's not anymore. Because the way technology has advanced uh -huh. with f flights and buses and all the stuff that we have now versus when the NCAA first formed, uh -huh. it's... It's a lot easier for them to just travel for games. The Big Ten mostly was like the Midwest. It was like Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Illinois, Indiana. And then it kind of expanded a little bit and went in and grabbed like Nebraska and Iowa, Minnesota. Like it was all like that Great Lakes area. And now they've expanded and grabbed teams that are not in that region. Okay, cool. <laughs> got it. No, what? I got it. I got it. Okay. I got it. I'm so good. The crazy part is complete West Coast. Here in LA, UCLA and USC are leaving the conference that was mostly the West Coast Conference, which uh -huh. was called the Pac-10. It was the Pacific Athletic Conference. Okay. They are leaving now in the next couple of years to join the Big Ten. Okay. And the SEC has been doing the same thing and grabbing schools like Texas A&M and the teams that were in the Big 12, which were mostly like also the Midwest, but the Southern Midwest. 
list. Oh, the Big Ten is ten conferences. No, it's it's God one conference. Damn it! The Big Ten is one <sighs> conference. What is the Big Twelve? The Big Twelve is another conference. So they're you named- can't have the Big Ten and the Big yes. Twelve. <laughs> the Big Twelve would contain some of the Big Ten. No, it would be the no. bigger twelve. No, no, it would be the bigger twelve. <laughs> that's not how it works. Yes, it is. No, that's not how it works. They can't both be the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they're not equally big. One's 10, one's 12. One's bigger than the other, by definition. It was defined by the number of schools that were in the conference. Then they don't count right. Are these colleges? I thought they knew things. I thought they were educated. 12 is bigger than 10. (laughs) Okay, okay. On to a different news thing. Oh, okay. There were 10 schools in the Big Ten. There were 12 schools in the Big 12. They were uh-huh. different schools. Okay. But they both decided to call themselves Big This Number, and that's how <laughs> they became their, <laughs> You'd think, numbers. though, that if you were in the marketing department and you knew they made the Big Ten, you'd be like, well, we'll be the bigger 12. <laughs> yeah. We'll be the Baker's Dozen. <laughs> Baker's Dozen team. Is there a Baker's Dozen conference? The no. B- there's a Sunbelt the conference. What is that? <laughs> There's a Mountain West conference. Well, I don't care about those. <laughs> yeah. Tell me when there's, there's a, a Baker's Dozen there's conference. There's a, uh, an American conference. Like, the names it's, are arbitrary. They're all in America. I know. They're arbitrary. They're all. <laughs> they're arbitrary names that just are uh, like, we're a part of this group. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. I'm, all right. I'm moving on. I'm moving past. Um, the other thing is the WNBA just had their all-star game. Okay, cool. Um, and it turned out that Team Stewart lost uh-huh. to Team Wilson. Okay. They're named after the captains who chose the members of the team, much like the NBA does that. They do the same thing. This was um, an all-star game, right? Correct. So this so, was the best of the best. Okay. So do they, like in schoolyards, go like round-robin pick teammates? Yes. I pick you, I pick you, I pick you. Really? Yeah. yeah that's, that's cool. They Yeah, they moved to that, I um, like that. system, yeah. I think, within the last five years. It's more fun that way. Yeah. And the whole thing is it's just to put on a show and have fun and highlight who's good. Okay. Like, both of them, the team who wins and the team who loses, uh, mm-hmm. money goes to charity. Yeah. So uh, they've integrated that, and it's really cool. All of the players, though, were wearing Brittany Griner's jersey. The one who's currently in, in Russia. In Russia, right? Yeah, who's yeah. trapped in Russia. Which makes no sense. Why has she not been rescued yet? Yeah. It's completely absurd. I mean, whatever is going on diplomatically, it's I know very little of it other than she's being kept in a Russian prison. And it's it's just uh, because she was found to have marijuana or CBD oil, not marijuana, CBD oil. So it's against Russian law. Oh my god! I, I uh, yeah. So there's a whole diplomatic disaster that's going on with that, and obviously Brittany Griner is a well-known name in sport, mm-hmm. so it gets a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very not, tall, not enough, and very athletically. Yeah, and not enough sense. attention to where she should be back. She should be back already. Yeah. Uh. The Wimbledon men's final has finished. Novak. Dijavik beat Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios. These names are hard to pronounce. (laughs) For his fourth consecutive Wimbledon title. Okay. So he's won it four years in a row now. Great. Um, That marks, I think, three of the four majors in tennis have been completed now. The final one is the U.S. Open that's going to be taking place in August um, and into September. Are there tennis conferences? No. Is there a Big Ten tennis? No. (laughs) No. Big big 14? No. Are there schools for tennis or is it still individual? There are, I mean, tennis clubs and coaches exist, but no, there's like the conferences that I was talking about are all uh, college. Uh-huh. 
all of the sports go into that conference. So if you're in the Big Ten, regardless of what sport you're playing, uh-huh. and if you're on Ohio State or Michigan State or Iowa or Minnesota, uh-huh. you play against teams within the Big Ten, so the same schools. Okay. So like wrestling does the same thing. Oh, it applies to all sports. Correct. Ah. There, there are some exclusions that happen, like Notre Dame has been independent for a lot of years, and they recently signed a contract where their men's football and basketball would complete in the ACC, which is the Atlantic Coast Conference, mm-hmm. but the rest of their sports remained in independent what does it mean to be independent uh it just means you do not belong to any conference so you can schedule your own games and uh create your own schedule based on what you want to do as opposed to having the conference governing body deciding your competition schedules isn't that better not necessarily because it requires more work from your athletic department and sometimes you have a harder time scheduling games or playing against what you would consider elite competition okay all right i'll uh it's over my head but in my opinion i think if everybody was independent it'd be a little bit harder to determine who's the better team in in the nation for mm-hmm. when you do the major championships like the um, NCAA men's basketball tournament okay. or the NCAA women's basketball tournament. Like playing within those conferences help them play against higher levels of competition to then showcase that they can compete at the highest level and potentially win the championship. That's good information. You want a fun fact? Yeah. The world's fastest tennis serve was 156 miles an hour. Who served it? I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> Why would I remember that? <laughs> You're looking up sports stuff, though. No, no. I was watching a video. Someone made a uh, trebuchet that was powered by a flywheel, and he was trying to get it to throw a tennis ball faster than the fastest tennis serve in the world. And it was very difficult to do. It required a lot of energy, a very robust trebuchet. And this thing, even when it was below the world record, it flew. It was nuts. So like someone actually serving that thing at 156 miles an hour is unreal. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, fun fact. That was a great fun fact. Thank you. I think that'll conclude our uh, our live update of sports happenings in the world. All right. We'll be back next week with more sports. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're going to get into the world of motorsports, where humans actually use their brain and we're like, aha, I don't have to sweat. I don't need an ice bath. I can build a machine that can do it better. And that way, I can go faster than any human could. I can accelerate quicker than any human can or ever will. All right. Motorsports. 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 All right. Imagine this. Uh-huh. And this is before electric. Hot pavement. Okay. Steam rising. Smell of rubber. Gasoline. Engines revving. Crowds screaming. A checkered flag. A green flag. The green flag is first for when they say go, and the checkered flag is the end You should have said that one first. <laughs> <laughs> Motorsports. What are motorsports uh, but sting sports with a motor done <laughs> i win you put a motor in a sport and you go the rules of defining require that you don't use words that are within the word you are defining i switched them around you still use the two <laughs> words all right it's a uh, competition what are the rules i need to go back to the uh will please play the first episode but in five seconds <laughs> All right, thank you. So that's sport. That I just defined sport. All right. And then motor. Uh, Apparently you're allowed to use sport in the definition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sport with a motor. It's a sport with a device that propels by consuming energy to output physical action. Motor. I like it. So according to the Oxford Dictionary, uh -huh. a sport involving the racing of motor vehicles, especially cars and motorcycles. Okay. All right. What different types of motorsports are there? Just talking about vehicles. Okay. You got your bikes, cars. Formula One is still cars, but it's technically different. An open wheel. wheel Monster truck rallies. Yep. Uh, boat. Yep. Plane. Yep. Uh, blimp, blimp no. racing. There's no blimp racing. There's motors. You can put a motor on a blimp. We don't blimps. No, blimps are too expensive, and the no, there's no blimp racing. At one point in human history, there probably was blimps have raced. I guarantee you that. Yes. If there's anything that can go at a certain speed, there's been two people that have been like, I can go faster than you. I'll kill your family. No way you can. All and right. So we've got cars. Uh -huh. submarines. It's not on my list, but yes. War. War. <laughs> they are racing. War. Trust they me. are racing. They're racing them <laughs> torpedoes. Uh, unicycles. It's not on here because most of the time when you say that type of cycle, it's mostly... Electric uh, cycle. I doubt they're right now. Like, yeah. There probably yet. will be at some there point. Will Those be, things sure. go fast. Uh, All right. You want me to list them off? Uh, yeah, please. All right. So we have car racing. Mm. There's a lot of different types of cars, but car racing. Uh -huh. Motor rallying, which is like rally sports. It's usually oh, a dirt drifting. track. Where you um, have the guy in the passenger seat. Yeah. Motorcycle racing. Uh -huh. Motocross is also like motorcycle because uh -huh. it's dirt bikes. Okay. Uh, air racing, which is the planes. Mm -hmm. Cart racing, yeah. which is, uh, you know, you get in those little go-karts. 
boat racing, uh-huh. hovercraft racing, Ooh. snowmobile racing, hoverboard racing. It's not on here. You know, those stupid little yeah. two-wheelie things. <laughs> that, you know what? We technically sort of did that with uh, Team Edge. Yeah, absolutely. Truck racing, mm-hmm. which you talked about with Monster Truck. Lawnmower racing. Ooh, that'd be a fun one. <laughs> that'd be a fun one. I love that idea. So those are like the basic sections of them. But just, lawnmower is a, a standardized yeah. section of it. I, I love mean, there's that. things that are like tractor poles, but oh, that's not course. a racing. So tractor racing is usually what it's referred to as. Okay, gotcha. But for car, just car, this is all under auto car racing. Uh-huh. You have endurance. You have autocross. You have auto grass. You have auto speedway. You have drifting. You have rally raid. You have rally racing. You have rally cross, hill climbing. Sports car racing, sprint car racing, stock car racing, touring car racing, formula racing, drag racing, banger racing, mud bogging, and demolition derbies are all considered motorsports. <sighs> Going right. into motorcycle, you have enduro, you have enduro cross, you have supercross, you have supermoto, you have motorcycle trials, you have auto race, you have hill climbing motorcycle, you have motocross, you have freestyle motocross, you have motorcycle road racing, you have motorcycle sidecar racing, you have motorcycle trials, you have motorcycle gym Kana, you have motorcycle speedway, rally racing and motorball other vehicles you have cart racing lawnmower racing tractor pulling land speed records for all the different vehicles on water and ice you have jet sprint which is sprint boat racing drag boat racing power boat racing jet ski racing hovercraft racing hydroplane racing ice racing ice speedway car ice racing snowmobile racing and that's just a few of them to list good god what the hell (laughs) needless to say there are numerous sports utilizing motors Uh as racing okay and not all of them are racing you have time trials which is a form of racing but you have hill climbs which you have to yeah getting up there tractor Mm -hmm. poles they're usually pulling against each other and trying to pull somebody the other direction like somebody in the middle (laughs) 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 the modern torture chamber you just get one of the strong men you know and see how hard they can hold it Two sports in one. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Ripped in half. Yeah. Well, they let go, you know, before. But if they're really into it, they hold on. (laughs) But yeah, motorsports are numerous Uh and massive. The most famous motor races. Wait, wait. Let me think. I know a couple. Yeah. Okay. The not... (laughs) Kentucky Derby's horse. That is horse (laughs) racing. Uh, Indy 500. That is one of them. <laughs> That's it. I got nothing else. All right. You have the Monte Carlo Rally. The what? Monte Carlo Rally was first held in 1911. Oh, wow. You have the Isle of Man TT, which the, is a pinnacle motorcycle racing event. The Isle of Man in the UK? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, 24 hours of Nimburgring. <laughs> it's in Germany. I probably mispronounced that. Pikes Peak Hill Climb, first held in 1916. Uh-huh. You have Dakar Rally, which was first held in 1979. Do you also have the Boat Rally? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. See you, man. Uh, I gotta go. I'm back now. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Why you got that faint look on your face, man? <laughs> the Dakar Rally is a race that puts a whole new spin on the phrase, to finish first, you must first finish finish so you gotta come no <laughs> what are you, do? you have to be able to finish the race not only do vehicles often not finish the race uh, numerous people have died in this race oh shit 
So yeah, I shouldn't be joking about it's it. It's a very This is the one race. thing I shouldn't have made jokes in. It's the only one that I made the most jokes about. When it comes to rally racing, no race is as brutal and vicious. Oh, shit. Baja is close, but this is the most like deadly race. Bathurst 1000, first held in 1916, is a V8 supercar race held annually on Mount Panorama. The Daytona 500, major NASCAR race. It's North America's only wait, wait, rival to the Indy 500. How many people have died in Dakar race? I don't have it in front of me. I can look it up. <sighs> can you also look at how many people have died in Debout race? <laughs> Seventy-six people. Wow. Since That's... yeah, since nineteen seventy-nine. Why do they allow it to be? Twenty-three raced? were motorcycle, six were car-related, one truck, and two competitors died as a result of local rebel conflict. Oh, what? <laughs> That's what it says. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go on. Oh my gosh. People in the audience have died too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's one of the famous races. Woo. Daytona 500 is NASCAR. It's the rival to the Indy 500. It's NASCAR, which is not the open road. Oh, those racing. aren't the same thing? No. Daytona is a different place than Indy, Indianapolis. Well, okay. Daytona I mean, Beach, I Florida. know that. Okay. But actually, I guess I didn't know that because I thought they were the same thing. <laughs> they both have 500. Yeah. Is it 500 laps? Yes. Oh. Monaco Grand Prix first held in 1929. This is a Formula One race, and Formula One is hands down the most popular motorsport in the world. Uh-huh. I and mean, that's an open wheel race. That's why the Indy 500 being an open wheel race is the only one in the U.S. Formula One is all open wheel racing. What does open wheel mean? You know, like on a car, you have your car goes around and over the oh, wheel. Oh, right, right. The wheel yeah. is fully exposed. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Like it has make... something in front of it and something in back of it, but there's nothing over the top. That makes a difference? Yeah. Why? It just has to do with um, aerodynamics. Okay. And how the wheels are like fitted and how like they're generally bigger, they're generally wider wheels. It's just a different design to a car. Gotcha. And just like Formula One is like those are specifically designed to be the fastest cars possible, right? Not exactly. No? No. There are faster cars in the world. Yeah. Like yeah. drag racing goes way faster than Formula One. Okay. Because they're going like just yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah. Straight line. Yeah. Whereas Formula One is curvies yes and so they got to be the fastest and most agile car correct okay correct. okay there and there's there's a lot of restrictions and stuff into that mm -hmm. the indianapolis 500 which we talked about first held in 1911 uh -huh. and then the 24 hours of Le Mans, which if you ever watch the movie Sounds. ford v ferrari oh. yes it takes place in france oh your hometown oh, God. <laughs> i'm from cincinnati ohio and i'm german not french how would you know I, you know, you're right. How I don't. You know, <laughs> I, nobody knows where anybody really, truly originated and came from. Do yeah, it. There you go. Now you're thinking. What seed was planted into the ground that created human existence? For all we know, we're all from Mars. I mean, didn't they just recently uh, find an asteroid that had the fragments of, like, the, of the base parts of DNA on the meteorite? Yeah. Yeah. I think they found it a few times, but the the most oh, yeah. recent one was uh, more substantial. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. But the 24 Hours of Le Mans was a, a pinnacle race in which Ford, in their first attempt in there, created the Ford GT, which our friend um, Captain Sparkles owns a Ford GT, oh, to I rode beat in it. Ferrari. Ah. Um, and so it was a, a huge thing because it was right after Ferrari went bankrupt. Ford went to acquire them. The owner of Ferrari, I can't remember his exact name. His last name's Ferrari. Um <laughs> Refused to sell to Ford uh -huh. and insulted Ford Motors, according to history, uh -huh. and so much so that it was 
we are now going to go and beat you at your favorite race that you have owned for years and years and years okay. in Ferrari's pursuit of the perfect vehicle, perfection. Uh, okay. He went bankrupt to constantly win Le Mans. Hmm. Um, Wasn't there a similar story about Lamborghini? I don't know. Whereas, like, Ferrari just seems like he pissed off a lot of people. And I think it was, like, someone named Lamborghini was, like, made tractors or something and then got pissed off at Ferrari and was like, I'll make an even better car. And I don't know, I don't know if it's better, but it's... I mean, there. you know, that's a lot of toxic masculinity, you know. You're mean to one another and it's like, I'm going to beat you at this. What? I've never experienced that <laughs> a day in my life. <laughs> what do you mean, Mark? Oh, no, no. I don't feel called out right now. <laughs> All right. No, but it's it's just that competition that mm -hmm. when somebody like insults you, you want to show them up. Yeah, fuck you, energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the most famous in motorsport. Okay. Now, act two. Motorsport is unique in and of itself, right? Because it requires a machine. Sure. It not only requires a machine, it requires a person to drive and operate said machine. Sure. Not only on that... It generally requires, for most races, you need to have pit crew to refill the gas tank, mm. to change out parts that are broken. Uh -huh. And also, like, it's the same thing in esports changing out, or not esports, the Formula E, which is the new version of, like, Formula race cars that are electric. Uh -huh. You still need the pit crew. And even then, you have somebody talking into the driver's ears, giving them pointers about what's going on in the track if an accident happened ahead or, or different stuff yeah. happened for safety purposes. So... All of this is important, but every sport has specifications to make sure the playing field is fair. So engineers work diligently to try and find the fastest car and build the fastest and most efficient thing. Okay. Speaking to Formula One, there are dimension specifications, and this is all motorsports really in general. There are major areas where you have to fit within. Mm -hmm. So dimensions, you can't be too wide, you can't be too long. The inside has to be a certain size. Sometimes you are required to have parts. Formula One now requires drivers to have a halo device that protects the driver. Good. Yes. There's also weight requirements. You have to be above a certain weight. You can't be too light. There's also ones where you can't be too heavy. Mm. Engine size. For Formula One, I believe you're required to have a six liter engine V6. Okay. And so they give you the base specifications, but obviously you build your own motor and every different motor can be slightly different, but it has to be a certain size. Sometimes different types have output requirements. It can only be so much torque or so much horsepower or this or that because they want to make it as fair as possible for everybody in the race mm -hmm. to be able to compete at the same level to where it's really the driver that has a major impact in the race. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have requirements for the number of gears you're allowed to have, okay. um, whether it requires reverse or not. Sometimes they require trunk space to fit in certain categories of like a touring car versus a race car versus a stock car. Why would trunk space matter? It just was required in the sense of how much cargo space is there so that you have to have enough air and not weight so your, you, your engine oh, doesn't take up too much of your car. Wait, that's why it's called stock. It's because it's from, but no, it's not. Wait, hold on. So a stock car, what race is a stock car race? NASCAR is our stock car. NASCAR is stock car. So I remember something about this. The stock car is, that is a production line car that they modify. And I guess the rules, because I know they rip out the seats, they rip out anything, upholstery, anything yep. like that. Is the engine still the same stock they engine? They obviously like modify the engines and stuff like that too. Okay. It's The idea of stock car racing, what it has evolved into, uh -huh. is that the outside look of it looks like a stock car. 
Okay. Like a naturally created car. But they naturally don't, created? The one that grew out of the it ground. grew out of the ground. There's an organic Ford it, right here. It's similar in look uh -huh. to a car that you would see driving on the road. Okay. All right. But the rest of it, and that's why trunk space must be maintained, because otherwise they would just shave the back of it off, right? It um, almost looks like in some of those, it's like some of those are sedans in shape, which would be a waste of space if you're trying to go faster. But- I get it now. I, I understand why the trunk Yeah, space. it was originally used production model cars, so it was straight out of the production line. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, gotcha. Which would be an interesting race if there's a pure stock car race. Because, I mean... There that, are. Oh, There are still production line but races. But they're probably boring because they don't go that fast. They don't go... Well, some production cars have some pretty good speed. You're right, you're right. Some do, yeah. If you have a vehicle of some kind, there's probably a race for it. Hell yeah, brother. Because... I mean, competition is in our nature. It's true. Actually, uh, Ren from Corridor, just this last weekend, he was at the one-wheel, like, world championship race, which is, like, 20 people. Yeah. Um, because there's not that many people that are at a high level of one-wheeling, but it's growing, right? And, of course, as soon as something is, like, there's 10 people in a room that do this thing that was just invented, they're going to go, hey, which one of us is the fastest? You know, that's natural. It's humans. Well, even the swagways that, like, the, uh, swagways. the, the hoverboards. Yeah, yeah, the um, they created the like name of them. Yeah, they made off-road ones, and there were actual off-road races with those things that uh -huh. existed for a while when they were really popular. Oh man! Because if it's created with a motor, everybody always is like, "I want to see if I'm faster than you. Exactly. Mine's faster than yours." Always. And I think those painted a bad picture of what electronic transport could be. Yeah, they got really popular because like all these different influencers started riding on them, and really they're terribly impractical and kind of stupid, and they and were. To, they were prone to exploding, right? Yeah. Because they had poor quality lithium batteries in them. And for those that don't know, lithium is a very volatile atom. It basically will react to a lot of things, especially water, when they're in a battery that is not well-maintained, not temperature-protected, not impact-protected. Any kind of thing that goes wrong could short it out. They don't just fail. They explode violently. Yeah. They release all that energy that they had stored in a huge flame. Which is why in the specification, like Formula One, safety equipment is required. Yeah. Gearbox, all of those different specifications qualify you to then be able to enter in the race. But engineers obviously have to work diligently to get the most out of every piece mm. of that vehicle. Yeah. Whether it's, oh, if we make this slight adjustment to the engine to where it hits this differential this way, we get that much more output of torque. Uh-huh. Like, the fine-tuning and ingenuity, the competition starts with the creation of the vehicle. Yeah. And the modification of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So you have a battle between engineers. Yeah. Which That's, I think is so cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, oh, I mean, there were engineering competitions happen in college all the time. Yeah, yeah. The most popular one that people watch is like the robotics competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have engineer competitions. Mm -hmm. You have the driver themselves competing against other drivers. Mm hmm but they also have the pit stops racing each other, the pit crew. Who has yeah. the fastest pit stop? Because if I can get my guy back on that track yeah. a millisecond faster, that's that much more of a lead or an advantage. Yeah, exactly. Every single level of that race is who is the fastest at everything. The guy talking in their ear is probably the fastest to get them updated information. Everything's about speed. I love that. The engineering nerds pushing up their glasses like, I can design this faster than you. Yes. Yeah. I love everything. 
every part of that. It was a huge deal when uh, Ford versus Ferrari and Le Mans in that they actually, the way the vehicle worked, they had issues with the brakes. Uh-huh. And they had to create their own replaceable brake assembly because uh-huh. they couldn't just take the pads off yeah. because it would have taken too long. Mm-hmm. They learned how to just, it would be faster to take the entire assembly off and put a new assembly in using like some other engineers they found had shown how you can just make the, the assembly go in and out. Yeah. And they used that in their pit stops during Le Mans, which is 24 hours of driving. Uh-huh. To have that advantage because otherwise they would have lost so much more time on the track trying to replace these burnt out pads. Yeah. And this is what I love about competition in general. And, and you know, capitalist mayhem and nightmare aside, competition does drive innovation. And whether it comes down to these races where these engineers are trying to eke out the tiniest bit of performance to the space race the space race of the cold war trying to get to the moon first the amount of technologies that were invented because of that race in such a tiny amount of time like literally a five-year span well it was actually like eight to twelve years of uh, but in that tiny window of human history the amount of strides that were made because of the need the absolute need to get there no matter what and to do it right safely question like quote <laughs> yeah, there was like safely if you've ever watched like the historical documents of like yeah. the distance like the thickness of the walls that the astronaut had between them and outer space yeah was so small yeah, it's just the margins of error for getting there the amount oh. of fuel that they had but that's what i love when human brain power is working at its peak yeah and it's like this it's this group drive there's a word for this feeling that occurs when humans are say at a concert they're experiencing an emotion together all at the same time I know that's the driving force of why people love to go to concerts, not just for the music, but for that connection to other people. It's why they go to stadiums, to feel that. You can feel the electricity in the air. I forget what the actual term is, but there is a human psychology term for it. And I love it because there's a sister term uh, that I can't remember, but it's when everyone is pointed in the same direction with the same goal. And it's like, there can be no failure. It's so beautiful. It grinds people to dust underneath it. This is where the nightmare part of the yeah. like, <laughs> that comes in. But it's like all towards one common goal. I, oh, I love that. Well, and my favorite part about that is in those moments, you can find the people that will absolutely set aside their ego and recognize, you know this field better than I do, but yeah. I know this better than you do. Yeah. And how they collectively end up intertwining. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's why I love to relate humans. People think um, that humans, if they ever make it to space and stuff like that, they'll be like standing at like equals in terms of these other noble aliens. I don't think so. I think humans are the orcs of the universe. I oh, really yeah. do. We just get in these big metal contraptions. We hit them with wrenches. We're like, oh, go, go fat. You know, orcs from 40K. Oh, They're yeah. hilarious. I the love them. The way they just make random weapons like, this goes here, it work. works. You know, it's <laughs> just like they're so guttural, but everything they do is just like trying to go faster, trying to make it go bigger trying to blow up things with bigger more yep. daca you know you got to have more more and they're just screaming hooting and hollering and i'm like that's what humanity looks like if aliens are watching us right now that is what we look like i kind of suspect that the rest of the universe does not approach speed and sport in the same way that we do we have uh this need to compete in our blood and i like it's undeniable i love it in certain aspects i hate it in others but you know love it or hate it kind of humanity loves competition yeah 
And that's the greatest thing about motorsports. As I've looked into it more and more over my life, further understood how far the competition goes. Because initially it's like, oh, this is boring. It's just the driver. I'm like, no, the engineers, the crew, like everything involved. Like the driver is the one who gets the most accolades because he's the most famous person. He's the one behind the wheel of the car. Yeah. And if he screws up, everybody's work is nonsense. Yeah. But, oh, it's just beautiful when it works and the way minds work. Like imagine, you know, when they were trying to think about reentry, mm-hmm. imagine being that one person that was like, no, it's impossible to absorb all of it. We need to reflect it. Uh-huh. And everybody's mind just going, oh, because yeah. <laughs> it was like, this is literally impossible. Like they were stuck on that for so long. You're talking to reentry into the atmosphere, into the atmosphere. for those that are not keeping up with it. Yeah. Not Formula One or Indy yeah. 500 or anything yeah. like that. Reentry into the vehicle. Reentry into the atmosphere because yes, it is just an ungodly amount of energy. There's no way to actually absorb it. So yeah, yeah. they need to deflect it. They need to shed it off somehow. Yeah. And just the math people just being like, that's what we need to do. And then it all was like, it's possible. Yeah. And that's incredible. Mm-hmm. It is. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So, that was Act 2. Uh-huh. Act three, the human element. Uh-huh. Your guy is behind the wheel, mm-hmm. and you're talking about something that's going... Or girl. Or girl, yeah. Guy, to me, is non-gendered. I yeah. call everybody guy. I call everybody dude. So yeah. I apologize for that if other people get confused by that. But whoever is behind the wheel of the vehicle, mm-hmm. the minute fractions of movement mm-hmm. to control a vehicle going hundreds of miles an hour... Mm-hmm or behind a bike, or behind a jet ski, or a boat, or a plane. Like, one fraction of an inch can result in a major crash. One minuscule slip of the hand could result in losing control of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Not breaking just enough, you don't make the turn. The angles, the eye-hand coordination, the motor skills. Not only for a short time, but you're doing 500 laps in like the Indy 500 or the Daytona or the Le Mans for 24 hours. Granted, they switch out drivers. Uh Insane. Yeah. Endurance is massive. So we are going to build the perfect elements of a motorsports team. From the engineers oh God. to the pit crew oh, no. to the driver oh, wow. to the team lead, who's the guy on the radio. Okay. So let's start with the engineers, Mark. Okay, the engineers building the car? Yes. All right. Well... <laughs> Their cars themselves. Am I, am I making this like the freak athlete? Yes. <laughs> okay. 
I'm well, giving you the opportunity to create the most freak team imaginable. Okay, all right. So you've got the engineers, right? They need to be thinkers, right? But also they need to be able to rapidly prototype because the biggest detriment to being able to execute on engineering changes and ideas is how fast you can iterate upon that idea. So they need to have 3D printers built into their chat. <laughs> The latest level, and they actually eat the resin that they're using to print, and it's a carbon fiber-laced food so that they're printing carbon fiber parts so they can make quickly uh, iterate upon functional parts that can actually be used and have certain amounts of strength. They do make metal 3D printers, but Correct. they're large and cumbersome, and they're very difficult to do. I'm assuming they're going to shit out these parts. <laughs> so... You know. So huge brains, they're able to process model in their minds, and then they're all able to link up one to another. They got Ethernet ports on the right side of their head and, and uh, like, connectors in the left, you know, so they chain up in a big circle, and they got to go, like, oh, as they consume <laughs> nothing but solid bricks of carbon fiber, and then they shit out the parts. And then these parts would all interlink, obviously, and they would be able to build the car much faster and, and get engine tweaks going very quickly, right? I like how I imagine what you're going to do, and uh, then you do something way different than I thought. <laughs> I was like, I was like, they're like cars, the movie. Why would the cars know? Cars no. know about cars. Cars so don't they have know. any dexterity. They don't have, unless it's cars that are constantly, then you have a nightmare scenario where you have a car breeding facility because <laughs> the only way for cars to make better cars would be to fuck other cars and make more cars. Do you want me to go down that route? No, I've got human 3D printers. All right, okay, that's the limit that, of what I'll all do. Right, all right, Ethically, fair. it's okay. This one is okay. All right, so engineers done. All right, done. Okay. Pit crew. Pit crew. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just really fast. <laughs> they're, they're all the flash. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't really know what is in a pit crew. I know okay. there's guys that change out the wheels. There's probably a guy that wheels. Refuels, there's right? a gas guy. There's the flagger who uh -huh. puts the flag down to stop the car. Uh -huh. um, he usually runs. There's the jack uh -huh. to lift the car so that they can change the wheels. There's the, the bolt guy uh -huh. for the lug nuts. He's, he's the nut boy. Nut boy. Um, <laughs> He goes in there and gets the lug nuts. <laughs> that made you laugh. Because the way you said it. I didn't say You're it. You're like, oh, the nut boy. You were laughing before. Because <laughs> I couldn't think of what it was. And I was the like, nut lug nuts. The, he, he's a lugger. Nope. He's a, he's a nut boy. Nut boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, And then you have like the, the lead, right? Uh -huh. The so, lead? Well, usually the lead is the team lead. He also works with the pit crew as well as the radio. Okay. But um, I would just keep him separate. And then the inspector is following behind to make sure all the lug nuts are secure and uh -huh. the safety is there. Brakes are the same thing. It depends on the race you're doing. So we're just focusing on cars right now. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, I don't see how you can improve it without, like, stitching the tools into their arms. And even then, I feel like that might be a detriment uh, because, honestly, having the dexterity of fingers and tools is actually better to be able to be adaptable because what if one of your friends... Lug nut Gets arm hit explodes in or something like that, then you can pick up the tool. I think it's actually better just to keep these baseline humans. But I do think you can get a speed advantage by whoever's got the jack at the end of it. You just sacrifice that one. You run him right over. <laughs> so the time you save, like dropping the car and getting him out of the way, why not just run him right over? You know, make him disposable. <laughs> oh my God. It's the sacrificial jack. Yeah. They're all named Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you just got a cloning vat of jacks over in the left side. I'm going to jack it. It's <laughs> my time. Come on, jack it. <laughs> you know, you live for a purpose. You know, yeah, they're honored. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only change I'd make, you know. <laughs>
All right, what's next? What's next? Uh, the the crew lead. Okay, eyes in the sky, obviously. So very tall, about. 500 feet tall. <laughs> is it just neck or is it like the whole? Yeah, take your pick. I feel like having an even distribution amongst the limbs would create the most stability, but they are also super long arms, so they're stable, right? If they're just on two legs, <laughs> the wind would blow them over. So they're long, They just hold on to the edges of the yeah, state. You, you know, uh, have you watched Attack on Titan? Yeah, yeah, The yeah. Colossus. The okay, Colossal yeah. Titan. It's basically that huge. <laughs> so, yeah, eyes in the sky, able to see everything, and radio built in the head. Not much different. I mean, why, why not just give them wings and make them a bird well then they gotta flap and that might throw them <laughs> off they're distracted because they gotta <laughs> flap as if they're not distracted trying to dodge airplanes with look the look if you give a human the power of actual flight they're not gonna stick around and be a nascar lead they're gonna go fly you can't have that kind of freedom the colossal titan you can't really move without crushing anybody so long as you keep the murderous instinct in check yeah they're gonna stay there so you just keep them there <laughs> Okay. Right? I thought about this. I thought it through, Tyler. There's deep thoughts. Clearly, you have right. not. The driver. Okay. That's the last part of the team. Aren't there rules about stock? So you can't exactly make the driver anything other than extremely lightweight, right? That would be the only benefit. But you have a strength to weight ratio, right? So really, no legs. That's a given. Control the things with your hands. You could do that. Honestly, no. The pedals, you, you still use. No, yeah, food. use your hands for those instead. Make hand like, version. You have a, a gas, like, go pedal. Because pretty much all the shifting and stuff is done here, like the clutches and everything. Yeah, are just have the fingers so be a go. Okay. Finger. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. So that way, I know there's like a hydraulic system you don't want probably in the car. And if you, because I know I've I've watched like um, Mythbusters, they did an episode on NASCAR driving and they had to like pushing the actual gas pedal and brake pedal are really difficult because there's no hydraulic system. Yeah. Um. So because it saves weight. But I bet if you chop off your legs, like that's just as much weight saved. Then you don't even need the pedals. Then you just get little buttons, right? I feel like they would have already done that if that would have worked. They would they would hire legless drivers? No, I think they would have already put it in the steering wheel if that would have been more But they weren't thinking about efficient. cutting off the legs. Okay, fair. All right, if we're really going all out, you would not have a, a anything below the belly button, really. It'd just be a rib cage floating that's mounted in there. And they uh, just and secure arms. it. It's like a twist on. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So the seatbelt's gone because you're securely. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> I don't know, really. Like, um, you need to be in, endurational. What's the word? You need to have endurance. <laughs> endurational? What? <laughs> You need a lot of stamina? Like, yeah. what do we need? I mean, really for this, because I know that you need to, like, be able to have minute movements and stuff like that. So anything is just weight saving. Uh, but if if really moving it up to the hands, you, you could keep the legs, I guess, if that is the... I someone can do the math. It just seems like a, a lighter guy that's kind of quick, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Really, there's not much to be changed there because it's all about the machine, right? I mean, to a point, I would have focused like on their vision, their motor skills, like being able to recognize and immediately react um, really well. Well, I mean, how are you going to improve that? It's just how to describe it. Well, because right now, technology isn't to the point where we can do better than the human eye. Correct. And, and the, the brain. brain's processing speed is, I mean, Technically, a computer could do faster, but then you take the human element out of it. I'm trying to retain as much of that as well, possible. Well, I think I think in that fact, I was just focused on the the human because not all humans like have the same level of motor skills and reaction time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, actual people that play video games have been shown to have some of the best reaction times of athletes in general. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like just quick movements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and controlled quick movements, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. 
I think that more people, it's just like the training, right? It's the amount of stuff that you do in terms of getting to that point. I think baseline humans are usually roughly on the same plane, more or less. There are freak athletes here. There, So you just get the freak athlete that's best at the NASCAR stuff. I really don't think there's much to change about it. I, it would be just whoever's a good driver. Yeah. And I mean, especially if you keep the full human element, then they can be a driver for any of the sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether they're on a jet ski, in a monster truck, mm-hmm. in a demolition derby car, or whatever they want. Yeah, to other than that, it's normal indie. You just got the colossal titan on the <laughs> outer perimeter. You got your 3D printer engineers in the back. You know, it's just it's normal uh, racing. Yeah, yeah. You know the amount of like different versions of motor racing there are because you're talking about different tracks, right? You yeah, have yeah. you have your tracks that are on roads. Mm-hmm. There's grass tracks. There's dirt tracks. There's cross country tracks where you hit all of them. Uh, like and to think about all the different levels of ingenuity for each specific sport, whether it's motorcycle, motocross, boats, jet skis snowmobiles, trucks, like all across the board, the amount of engineering, the thought process to innovate, to adapt to each different environment or the weather or various things that happen because there are obviously like wet and dry tires, mm-hmm. you know? And and so the thought process, the planning and everything that goes into it is absolutely tremendous. And the engineering part was the biggest thing that I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. And why, like, motorsports are a huge deal. And I love, in particular, that we are starting to have electric come into the motor racing field because the amount of fuel that is used for these sports is insane. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, uh, honestly, I would love to talk more about electric because I have so many thoughts on electric, but we are out of time for this episode. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot to cover in terms of motorsports and motors in general. And this is really like, uh, like when it comes to engineering and technology stuff, that is, I love that topic. Yeah. I, I would love to talk about more of that. Well, you know what? What? Then I'll give you some homework. Homework. You bring to the table Uh an electric motor racing or electric version of this to the table. Okay. Your own episode about that, and I think it could be a really good driving force because it's something you look into far more than I do. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So electric technology and how it pertains to motor racing or innovation in general. Okay. All right. So I'm ready. You ready? <laughs> you get to go. You get you to don't go know and look into how it. much research I've been doing in the past month of just pure electric transport. That's exactly why I've I think this is done, fitting. I've done so much thinking about this exact thing. Oh my god, I'm ready. I'm ready for <laughs> to ejaculate my opinions on the internet. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for listening to what is the tip of the iceberg for motorsport. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want us to dive into more particulars like Formula One, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. um, we can possibly get into that later. But I just wanted to talk about it as a whole because it is so diverse and so interesting. And each individual sport has its own details to get into. But an overall spectrum to give appreciation to motorsports as a whole, I thought was more fitting at this time. Sounds good to me. Thank you. Uh, We have an announcement. We do. A big announcement. You guys have been waiting for it. You guys have been clamoring for it. And now it's finally here. Actually, you guys haven't been waiting for it because you probably listen to the podcast on a podcast place. But the YouTube channel is launching with highlights coming at you three times a week. Yes, they will be coming Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Efficient scheduling for everybody to enjoy so that we can rely more on the accountable YouTube algorithm to suggest and make us the number one sports podcast in the world. And on top of that, there will be bonus live action stuff that does 
appear on the YouTube channel when we are able to get that done. Absolutely. Tyler being my butler will happen. Tyler being my chauffeur will happen. No, you being my chauffeur. It's just guaranteed. Just, I can't even say, can't say that because he's just too afraid. But thank <laughs> you and get ready to uh, go watch some cool sports related content. Yeah. Check us out on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, wherever the hell we are as individuals as well as the podcast. Yes. Okay. Bye bye.